today's topic is one with growing scientific evidence that if you apply today's message to your life, you will live longer and experience a more healthy life. I mean, how's that for a claim on a sermon? Today's sermon application, I mean, like, if you apply this to your life, it's been proven to reverse depression, like, decrease anxiety, break addiction, and bring peace and relational turmoil. I mean, we've all heard preachers promise things before, but whoa, how's that one? And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me yet, then perhaps the scientists and the psychologists and the prophets that in today's discussion will give you some more insight. We're talking today about something called gratitude and how it is something that can truly change your everyday experience and beyond. And here we are. I mean, it's a good time for a talk on gratitude. It's Thanksgiving week, a holiday that's designed to have us kind of pause and pull aside and, and reminds us to be thankful. And, and one, it's the one day of year, perhaps you sit around a table with, with some people and, and you verbalize the things that have, you're grateful for. We eat food, we watch football, we, we take naps, we go to bed full of gratitude before waking up early the next morning to sprint to the stores on Black Friday and elbow people for things we don't need. Maybe even that, like, that new toaster, right? I mean, what a time to be alive. Gratitude is, is kind of important. And we're gonna discuss today the ways that it is. But gratitude is one of those things, like when you hear the topic is gratitude, some of you go, oh, come on. Like, because gratitude isn't shiny. It's not charismatic in the topic. Gratitude isn't loud. It naturally just get your attention. But gratitude is by far one of the most important virtues in the world. And gratitude, more than any other vir virtues, can lead to peace of mind and joy in your life. Even in the midst of 2020 and all that it's brought us, where there's so many things lacking and, and so many things to be upset about and frustrated about, gratitude can completely change your perspective. And when you change your perspective, you change your experience. So why is gratitude so important? There's many reasons, but the first one to talk about, it's emotional, but it's, all, it's physical. Gratitude can actually lead to a healthier and longer life. Scientists are studying gratitude because they are astounded at the effects it has on the mind and the emotions and the, and the body. Listen to this from a science journal. Gratitude may also benefit people with various medical and psychological challenges. For example, one study found that, that more grateful cardiac patients reported better sleep, less fatigue, and lower levels of cellular inflammation. Another study found that heart failure patients who kept a gratitude journal for eight weeks were not only more happy, but they had reduced inflammation post-surgery. It continues, several studies have found that more grateful people experience less depression and are more resilient following a traumatic event or experience. Other studies suggest that gratitude may live up to its rep reputation as the mother of all virtues because it encourages the development of other virtues such as patience, humility, and wisdom. And there's even growing confirmation that, that you will live longer and, and have a happier and healthier life the more gratitude you have within you. Listen to this. There's a mounting evidence that our DNA, our DNA is impacted by gratitude. 
Telomeres. I know you've all heard all about telomeres, right? They are the tail end of your DNA code. And over the course of your life, the cellular telomeres, they get shorter and shorter with each replication. The shorter telomeres, as they shorten, this is what leads to aging. It's what leads to illness. It's what leads to, to mental breakdown and, and Ill issues. And, and eventually it leads to and it results in death. So if you can strengthen and lengthen your telomeres in your DNA, you can actually protect your, your mental acuity and your physical health and perhaps even like, like lengthen your lifespan. And here's the astounding claim. There's evidence that gratitude is one of the few practices that can actually protect and extend your telomeres. Your DNA is affected by your gratitude. Your health, uh, your mental health, your physical health, all impacted by this, this word that we kind of mm, shrug our shoulders at. Can you believe that? I mean, psychologists and scientists have been seeing profound impacts of gratitude on the psyche and the body and the emotions and the mental and the physical, even the cellular. And these facts have caused the science community to be very curious about the origins of gratitude and its connection with DNA. From a science perspective, when something uh, affects us at a cellular uh, tel telomere level, we want to ask how to get there. How do we arrive at that? With all the research of how gratitude affects our physical bodies and our emotions and our minds, they ascertained that gratitude must be something that humans evolved into to, to, to be fully alive. That gratitude, to quote a Berkeley study, quote, research suggests that gratitude is not simply a cultural construct. It has deep roots that are embedded in our evolutionary history within our brains and within our DNA. It's so deeply embedded in us that the impact of gratitude must have evolved into our very DNA at that level. I mean, if it's that important, if gratitude's this important that science is telling us, we have to ask the question, like, well, what happens then when, when we don't have gratitude? What happens when we cease to be thankful for what we have? What happens when we stop being content with, with what is ours? What happens when we cease to be grateful for, for who we are? Well, that's when depression grows like a weed, when gratitude is absent. Anxiety and, and worry, they run rampant through ungrateful hearts. Greed develops, lust spreads like wildfire, gossip and comparison tearing others down because of our lack of gratitude. And if the scientists are right, scientists are right, then our telomeres shorten and our mental and physical selves decline more rapidly. Gratitude is proving to be important in the modern world, but this is nothing new. And gratitude has been called from antiquity the mother of all virtues. Cicero is quoted as saying, Gratitude is not only the greatest of all virtues, but the parent of all the others. Generosity is a true child of gratitude. Because out of a grateful heart, you give joyously. Authenticity is a child of gratitude. Because you, you don't have to compare to other people or pretend or manipulate. You are content with who you are. Peace grows out of gratitude because you can cease your striving and, and your worrying about what you don't have or, or what might happen to it. I could go through all the virtues, but needless to say, gratitude is not only in our DNA. It's what good virtue and, and good character can grow from and flourish out of. So there you go. 
We have the science, the psychologists, the biologists, and the philosophers all coming together to tell us gratitude is vital to having life to the full, to having a good life. But there's a reason for a Jesus follower to, be, to have gratitude be something important to them that goes well beyond those things. Because gratitude is actually God's will for your life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, because this is God's will for you. Not only does your body and your soul and your mind like respond to gratitude, but God has declared that it is his will that, that you would give thanks, that you would live out of a grateful heart. And there's a reason that our DNA responds to gratitude. And it's not because we evolved into it. It's because we have a loving God who created us in his image. It's not some cosmic accident that, that gratitude is embedded deep within our biology and psyche. We were created, you were created for gratitude. God willed it. Our bodies are deliberately designed to respond best to gratitude. Our minds are formed to awaken when gratitude illuminates our thoughts. Our emotions are fashioned to blossom when gratitude enters our heart. I mean, you were created by God to respond with joy and peace and resilience when gratitude is present in your life. You were created to run at top efficiency, even at that cellular level when gratitude is practiced. And you were designed to live your best life. Not when you get everything you want, but when you are grateful for the things that you already have. Why intentionally? Why intentionally pursue gratitude then? Why should we make this a purpose? Because you were made for it. You were made this way and God willed it. God commanded it. And here's why this message is perhaps more important than any other Thanksgiving previously, because 2020, I mean, hasn't it truly given us a lesson in ingratitude? Everything in the news reminds us of what we don't have or what we've been taken from us or what could happen. I mean, what is the news telling us? We don't have political peace. We don't have national unity. We don't have racial equality. We don't have physical safety. We don't have relational freedom. We don't have a school that's safe. We, don't have a, uh, we can't have a Thanksgiving with more than two families. We can't go to a movie. We can't go to a work. We can't send our kids to school. We can't go to a sporting event. We can't gather for a social event. And we can't even hug those we love. There's more to be discontent about in 2020 than any year I can imagine. There's a war on gratitude. And we, like, we're getting our butts kicked here. Depression, suicide, anxiety, coping mechanisms, vices, anger, frustration. Those are like the dry heaves of an ungrateful culture. And they're running rampant right now. And my guess would be that you've seen those things rise up in your own life this very year. More depression, more anxiety, more frustration, less patience, all those things. But we can't just blame 2020. We have to admit well before that, like well before 2020, our culture was already doing its best to keep us discontent and ungrateful. And let me just tell you a story. Around this time of year, a very, a very special piece of mail arrives at almost every house. 
this piece of mail arrived at my house and it, it's so powerful. This, this one piece of mail is so powerful. It, it can transform normal, everyday, regular children into little bundles of greedy, whiny kids. I'm talking, of course, about the toy catalog, right? The 100 pages preaching pure discontentment, declaring page after page that no matter what toys are in their room, there's so many toys they don't have. And this year, oh, they finally did something incredible. Amazon sent a toy catalog, and guess what was different about it? There's not a price tag in it. Nothing has a price tag. The price tag was the parent's best friend. Like, oh, buddy, the Mandalorian Lego set. Oh, that's great. Let's see. Ooh, $129? Maybe something else. But now, not so in 2020, no price tags, which means the toy fever can just go to an all-time high. There's no price tag on toys. But, but there is a price tag on the catalog. Like, it costs my kids their gratitude. It costs my children their contentment. And it can cost a household its peace. It's a steep price for a piece of mail. But this is nothing new. I mean, if we go to the Bible and look at Genesis, we find Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They're, they're living in perfection. Gratitude was a part of their daily life. Just like, it's as normal as breathing. Gratitude allowed them to be content with the, the paradise around them. But in that garden, the very first marketing agent decided he would advertise an apple. And his sales pitch was in gratitude for all that God had already gave them. And soon their contentment with paradise faded and their discontentment grew. Ungrateful for paradise and desiring what they were never intended to partake of. And you know what? That apple didn't come with a price tag either. Not one they could find. But it cost us huge, didn't it? And ever since that day, we have been a people who have to battle for gratitude in a world that preaches discontent. There are four enemies of gratitude that you face in your life. And as we go through these four enemies of gratitude, kind of which one do you struggle with the most? Which one is hitting you right now? First of all is comparison. A comparison kills gratitude. Social media has magnified this and exploited it in our lives as, as people are putting their best photos, best moments, ooh, the best quote, uh, their best self forward. Comparison will kill your gratitude if you're comparing yourself to someone else or your life to someone else. I mean, you cannot be grateful for how God made you, for who you are, while comparing yourself to her. You cannot be grateful for what you have if you're comparing yourself to the vacation he's on or the toys that he has, or the recreation they're a part of. Another enemy of gratitude is, is entitlement. Entitlement is the belief that I am inherently deserving of special treatment. And the culture has seduced us into believing that we deserve privileges that are just that. They're privileges. You, you can't feel entitled and grateful at the same time. It's impossible. They're enemies. We often, feel, we often feel entitled to happiness. Like it, it, It's owed to us. The world owes us happiness. My spouse owes me happiness. Everybody owes me happiness. And, and when anything bumps up against that happiness, our entitlement flares up and gratitude is silenced. The third enemy of gratitude is busyness. Getting so caught up in the, in the culture of rushing 
that we don't slow down and appreciate what we have. We don't fully feel that sense of gratitude. We don't let it bloom. Busyness will speed us right through gratitude onto the next thing, onto the next meeting, onto the next desire. In the busyness of life, we just, we, we, we blow through it and forget. We forget how God has blessed us. And the last enemy of gratitude that's so common is worry. Worry has declared war on your gratitude. Because see, worry is living in a difficult future that doesn't even exist. And you can't live in a future. You can't live in the present if you're living in an altered reality future. Living in the future robs you, robs you of appreciating your present. Worry won't let gratitude put down roots because instead of looking at the now with joy, well, you're looking ahead with dread. Comparison, entitlement, worry, and busyness. The four horsemen of the culture that are robbing us of gratitude. And when we don't have gratitude, we've seen the effects of that. How do we fight this battle? Like, how do we push back on this? Well, knowing that we were created for gratitude, that God designed us like that, that it protects so much of our lives and that, that God calls us to it, how do we get back to that place? And this is the good news today. That you can begin to wage war on the culture of discontent at this very moment. War has been declared on you, but you, you can fight back. And that through some intentional pursuit, you can find your life completely different, even at a cellular level. This right here is a very special jar in the self-house. Each year we pull out this jar, usually around Thanksgiving, and we, we read through these we call it our gratitude jar. And, and throughout the year, when something blesses our life, big or small, doesn't matter, we write it down and we, we put it in there. And then around Thanksgiving, we go back and read about our entire year. I love this jar, which is important because we read through these because we forget, don't we? Because of busyness, because of worry, because of entitlement, because of comparison, we forget about the blessings. I mean, I mean right here, we have... Uh, Jeff and Kelly let us stay at their condo in Granby for a vacation. Such a blessing to us. And then we have, uh, Lily gave my daughter just some of the greatest gifts for her, her, her toy horses in barn. And then we have uh, bags of books from a friend, Donna Lynn. Blessings that have been given to us. Ice cream Sunday surprise from the Casey's. It just came by our house and... and and, and made a moment for our family. It was such a blessing. They're big, they're small, they're all kinds of things, but, but they're, the, they're the things that bless our life. And what about, um, I, got, I, got a, I got an elk, thanks to Tom and Ginny. Or that Amy and I's relationship grew closer than ever through the lockdown, shutdown season. Or that our friends, Micah and Eric, are having a baby. Or that my, my kidney function uh, came, results came back good. And Selah's blood results came back healthy. And, and Amy got to to go to Virginia, and she got there in time to be with her mom before she passed away. You see, in the busyness of life, you forget. In the worry of life, you forget. And in those moments, you allow ingratitude to take root, and it grows. A thankful jar like this, this simple jar, draws the line in the sand and declares that, it declares we are blessed as a family. We are blessed. We are grateful. God has moved on our behalf 
People's generosity and their love matters to us. And that 2020 is not defined by what's in the news. It's defined by what God and, and God's people have done around us. I've been keeping a grateful journal of my own. My wife has done this for years, and I've always admired her consistent practice of keeping a gratitude journal. I get to see up close and personal the effects that gratitude has on somebody's character. It amazes me. I don't have her daily discipline, so I have to set an alarm, a daily alarm in my phone that goes off, and when it does, I open my notes app on my phone and go to my gratitude list. I read over the ones I've already listed, and each day, I add three more to that list of things I'm just grateful for in my life, things that God has, has blessed me with. And a gratitude journal is one of the ways that I'm working to obey God when he calls me and tells me to live a life of thankfulness and gratitude. Our kids, you know, homeschooled, and Amy has them do this little project every day. Every day at a certain time, they pull out their thankful journal, and they think and pray through what they're thankful for that day. Then they draw it and they color it. And at the top it says, today I am thankful for, and whatever it would be. And it's amazing going through their journals and, and see their hearts blossoming with gratitude. They're starting to see not just the big flashy things, but they're beginning to see, have gratitude for, for the small blessings, the ones that are not so obvious. This is one lesson I pray that sticks with them through their whole life because I don't want these kids to grow up entitled or stuck in the comparison trap or, or just flying through with busyness or distracted by the worry. And you, how are you doing with gratitude? How are you training are retraining your mind and your heart and your eyes to focus on the good things you already have, to, to find and see and be grateful for the things God has already brought to you. I, I encourage you to take one thing from this today. Like start your gratitude journal. It's God's will for us to be gra grateful. Let's start there. I mean, however that would look like for you, start keeping a daily list of things that you're grateful to God for. Another vital part of learning to have gratitude a part of your life is to let God's Word, His Bible, let, let it mentor you in gratitude. Cover to cover, this, this book has gratitude and thankfulness all throughout it. Psalm 107, verse 1, give thanks to God because He's good. His love endures forever. I mean, just, just look at that right there alone. God's love endures forever for you. It doesn't run out. You can't out sin God's love. I mean, give thanks for God. Give thanks to God for that today. He is good. Psalm 107, 8. Let us praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he's done for us. Like, what has he done for you? Do you know? Or have we forgotten? How has he blessed your life? If you had a thankful jar from this past year, what has God done for you? Psalm 50, verse 14, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Your, your gratitude is an offering to heaven. That's why it's written in your DNA. You were created to be blessed by God. And you were created to respond and declare, praise you, thank you. You were designed to give thanks to the goodness of God. Your gratitude is not only like the appropriate response, it, it, it's your offering to him. Colossians 2.15, always be thankful. And Paul writes this, led by the Holy Spirit, as a reminder 
to be thankful at all times. And he even goes further in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances. The Greek is clear here. There's no circumstances God wants you to be ungrateful in. And this includes 2020. I mean, despite all that we lack, we are called, we are commanded to be grateful always in all circumstances. Paul, the one who wrote, be thankful always, he wrote that from prison. Paul, the one who wrote, be thankful in all circumstances, is the one who sang songs of praise to God from his jail cell. Paul wrote Colossians 2, verse 7, let your heart overflow with thankfulness while on house arrest for two years. I mean, you think that 2020 lockdown was bad. Paul's governor shut him down for two years and Paul's heart overflowed with gratitude to God. They couldn't sink Paul's joy. They couldn't sink Paul's peace because Paul's joy and peace weren't rooted in his external circumstances. They were rooted in his grateful heart regardless of his circumstances. You can't control what a governor or a government decides about the lockdown, but you can control the posture of your heart no matter what it brings. So don't let any government or any media or any television or any toy catalog rob you of your, your gratitude. You look 2020 in the eye and you declare, God is good. I will declare my gratitude for all he has done. You see, I, I believe that we need to grow some gratitude muscles. We need to, to purposefully and intentionally work on this principle. Because here's the best part about gratitude. You cannot be grateful and angry at the same time. You cannot be grateful and depressed at the same time. You can't hold a truly grateful thought and a truly negative thought in your mind at the same time. And people have come to this false belief. They've, they've come to believe that, that, well, happy people, they're more grateful. But God designed it differently. It's not that happy people are more grateful. It's that grateful people are more happy. It all has to do with what your heart has chosen to focus on. And listen, because of 2020, if you're really having a hard time coming up with, with something to be grateful for this time of year, because of all that's happened, hear this last point. Gratitude is the natural response when you are freely given something that has value. Freely given something that has value. That sparks gratitude. And this is why the followers of Jesus should overflow with gratitude. We should be the most grateful people in the world because we have been freely given something that has indescribable value. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, gave his life on a cross, died, was buried, and rose again so that you could have the free gift of salvation. In your gratitude list, start there. Jesus, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you that I can have a full life here on earth because of it. And thank you that I can have eternal life when my life on earth is over. I mean, Orchard, we have so much more to be grateful for than, than we could ever imagine, but it it takes eyes to see it. And our assignment today is to wage war on the culture of comparison and entitlement and busyness and worry. And we do this by intentionally and purposefully pausing each day and offering gratitude to God.
If you don't have a gratitude journal, if you don't have a gratitude note app, start one today. Set an alarm so you do it every day. List three new things you're thankful to God for every day. And you and your family, maybe you start your own gratitude jar. And you pull it out of Thanksgiving and go back through and, and you get to relive. And you get to remember all that God did throughout the year. And you're like, oh, I forgot about that. And pretty soon the things that are screaming in the media or in the world, you realize they didn't define your year. They don't define your life at all. Hmm. Your DNA will thank you. 1 Thessalonians 5.8, give thanks to God. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I mean, you were created for gratitude. You were called to gratitude. You're designed for gratitude. Gratitude is God's calling and will for your life. And so go forth courageously and fight each day against the culture who just wants you to be discontent and frustrated and anxious. And, and as we go into worship, as I end this and we go into worship, this is that opportunity. Worship music, praise music. People wonder why we do it. It's an overflowing of gratitude. It's my heart responding to what God has done. And so in this next song, may this be your song of gratitude. It says in Psalm 105, verses 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. And that's what we do. We make known his deeds on these songs. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Let's do that. Orchard, let's fight for gratitude. Not, not just because we've learned it's important, but because God has designed us for it and called us to it. So let's step into that. Orchard, I love you. I'm praying for you. Love God and love people.